Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. My dear friends, today we will continue with this marvelous story of Jesus Christ in the house of Simon, together with two main characters, Simon, who was a Pharisee, and a woman whose name is not there, but who was a known sinner. You know, this story is about a woman who was a known sinner and a man who did not know he was a sinner. And we already talked about this man, Simon, and today we will continue about this woman. And let's just read the story to just get back into it, and then we will discuss some wonderful points that will also be some points that will help you and me to continue our life in a wonderful, peaceful way. Let's read Luke chapter 7 from verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume upon them. When the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of a woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. And then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What a wonderful example this woman has given to us. But also this man gives us a great example. But the one gives us a negative example, this man, and the woman gives us such positive example. And you know, I find this in the Bible so many times, that so many stories in the Bible always give us two roads, two choices, one good, one bad. I mean, are you going to follow Cain's example or Abel's example? Will you be a Jacob or an Esau? And so there are many different stories with two roads to follow. And today I would say, let's follow this woman. 
but it's not so easy. Well, it's easy when you just read it like this, but when you are in a situation and something is blocking your fellowship with the Lord or your fellowship with a brother or sister in church, in the congregation, or maybe a family member, or maybe even between you and the pastor, I tell you, then it takes this kind of courageous, humble faith to go forward and humble yourself and kneel down and choose the path that will bring restoration. Oh, my dear friend, choose the path that will bring restoration, no matter what it costs or how low you have to go or how much shame you think you have to carry. Choose this path. Never forget what shame Jesus carried for us. I mean, he took the shame of the cross. He took the shame of those that were cursing at him, spitting upon him, mocking him, but he did it all for us. He didn't mind to carry that crown of thorns for us. He didn't mind to carry that shame, the scolding, and even take that whip upon his back. He didn't mind to take that for us because he knew that would bring restoration to us. If you just compare what sometimes we have to do to make things right, it is absolutely nothing compared to what Christ did for us to make things right or to make it possible for us to make things right. I tell you, if Christ went such a low road and had to humble himself so deeply, even to the shame of the cross and to the shame of death and hell itself, then I tell you, oh, what you and me have to do to sometimes go somewhere and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and not come with all these excuses and yes, but, and because, and because you did this, I did that, and because so-and-so said so, I did that. And we always have these excuses to justify ourselves. But I tell you, my friend, stop that. Go on your knees. Go to your father, your heavenly father. Go to the pastor. Kneel before him and say, Pastor, I'm so sorry for this that I did. My part in this whole thing. I ask you to forgive me so that I can reunite with the church. Oh, brother or sister, forgive me what I wronged you. I know this brought something between us, and now it has become difficult for us to go to church, to have communion together. I mean, do it, my friend and you will lift that weight of your shoulders, and you will break that curse, which will not only be upon you, but it will be upon your family. Break that curse by choosing the path this woman has chosen, and it will bring life to you as it also brought life to her. Well, you know, we already talked about Simon, who looked to himself in a way that he thought he was justified, and so he looked to Jesus in a way like, who are you? I mean, in one way, he thought Jesus to be an equal to him. He didn't see Jesus as one who was superior to him. He called him a teacher. He said, if he is a prophet, you know, he didn't see him as the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He didn't recognize that God was there in the flesh, in his house. Oh, what a wonderful moment he could have had there. What a change and an impact that could have had. You know, and sometimes it's so pitiful when a, child of God comes to a, into a house. It's God himself who steps inside because he dwells within us, but many don't recognize it. And that could be the hour of salvation and the hour of change, and it could bring such a blessing to them, but because they miss their opportunity and their moment because they don't recognize Christ. Simon didn't recognize Christ as many don't recognize Christ today. 
And so they miss all the blessings. But you know, this woman knew who Christ was. I don't know how fully she understood it, but she understood enough through the Holy Spirit who imparted it to her. I mean, Simon was the teacher of the people. He was the one who had studied all the scriptures and who could have recognized Christ, but he was blinded because of his pride and because of the way he justified himself. But this simple, humble woman who was a sinner, but don't forget it, Simon was just as much a sinner as this woman, even though he didn't see himself that way. But this woman had received sight, heavenly sight. She had received revelation through the Holy Spirit. You know, that woman understood that she had nothing to justify herself. She didn't count on anything to justify her. And she didn't come with any excuses to justify herself, but she came fully and wholly dependable upon the grace which would be in Christ Jesus the Messiah. Simon and the others, they looked down upon her, but not Jesus. Religion and the law were harsh against her, but not Jesus. She was rejected and cast out, but not by Jesus. And my friend, this is still today. We are living in an awesome time that whoever we are, whoever you are, you know, others may be harsh against you and maybe even religious leader or religion or the law is hard against you. Maybe you have been cast aside, but not by Christ. Oh, I love that story. I think it was Corrie ten Boom, that wonderful woman of God who said, there is no pit so deep or God can go even deeper. And my friend, I don't know how deep you are, but God can go deeper. Jesus has gone deeper. Oh, hallelujah. I can speak in new tongues when I come to this moment to tell you whoever you are and whatever pit you find yourself and however far and secluded you are, Christ is there, my friend. He is there with all his glory and light and love and grace and goodness and forgiveness. Oh, come back to the fold. Come back to the church. Become one with the church, with the body of Christ, with the flock again. You are one of his sheep. Oh, don't let any lie of the enemy, no obstacle, keep you away from that blessing and from that covering. Oh, my dear friend, yes, Simon. Well, he thought he knew who he was, who she was, who the Lord was. But he had a partial view and he didn't understand it at all. But this woman, she had courageous faith. Jesus said, your faith has saved you. She understood that she needed Jesus. She understood that he could save her. And he did save her, hallelujah, because he said, your sins are forgiven. But look at the way she comes to him. I mean, this Simon, I told you he saw Jesus more as an equal, but if you read the story, he saw Jesus as one who was less to him. Because the things that were very normal in that culture, to give water to wash the feet, and the oil and other things, he did not give that to Jesus. So he did not take Jesus in as a high guest, as someone on that level. He treated him lowly and did not give him the, the honor, and he did not give him the place that he deserved. But look at this woman. She washes his feet with her tears and dries it with her hair, and she pours this valuable oil, perfume, upon his feet, and she kisses his feet. This shows that she came humble, and she came surrendered to Jesus. 
When we come to the Lord, we must come humbly and we must surrender ourselves. Some people come to the Lord and they have this outward form of humility, but inwardly they resist Him and they don't surrender to Him. You know, poverty is not a sign of humility, neither can riches be a sign of pride. And sometimes we think the outward things show the things of the heart. And although that is true in some ways, it's not true in the whole thing. I mean, the heart, the heart. God says, you look to the outside, but I look to the heart. He looks for a humble heart and a heart that is surrendered. And sometimes we can dress up our prideful heart with a dress of humility as we come all bowing down and wanting to be the first one to wash somebody else's feet. And then we hope that everybody else sees it because there is actually pride there. But there must be true humility and true surrender. And this is what this woman had. She showed her dependence upon his grace, upon God's grace. You know, everything that we build upon, it must be taken away that only Christ remains. All other things are sinking sand. Christ is the only rock up which we can build that our house will stand even when the storms come. And she acknowledged him as Lord. Simon didn't acknowledge him even as a real prophet, and he is the prophet of prophets. But yet this woman acknowledged him as Lord. And then there's something more important here even. She showed her thankfulness and her love to him. I like that. You know, so many people, they forget to show their thankfulness. And if you forget to thank the Lord, well, I tell you, that is the opening the door will have that pride can enter in. Because if you don't stay thankful, there will come a moment that you don't recognize that it's all from him. So giving thanks is so important and showing your love and she worshipped him. Well, there is such power in worship. We could preach a whole sermon on that alone, the place of worship and the power of worship. But she worshipped him. It's not just worship because she sang one of the hit songs that are popular in the worship community at the moment. No, I mean, some people sing those songs and they can sing them with all their tears and they can have this whole emotional moment but that doesn't mean that they truly worship him or have a heart that worships. I don't mean to judge here, and I don't want to judge here. And it's not that if you cry that I say that's not real. I mean, those moments are wonderful and tears will flow, but it's, it's, it's deeper than that. Real worship is a surrendered heart that is committed unto him and, and, and that depends upon him. That is true worship. It's not just what comes out of the mouth, that song, but it's that heart that must come out. That is a heart of worship. Well, you know, Simon had none of these things, and he did none of these things. And that shows that he was truly lost. He didn't know who, were, who Jesus was. He didn't know what Jesus had done, that he left his glory and all his wonderful majesty in heaven and came down in in this earthly form, in this human body, to ultimately go to the cross to pay the ultimate price. Simon didn't know what he had done already, the price he already paid to come to earth. And he didn't see what Jesus would still do 
to go to the cross and pay that ultimate price. My friend, somehow this woman knew and she already embalmed him before his death. I mean, that's a wonderful thing if you just start to think about those things. Well, he didn't understood who Jesus was. He didn't understood what Jesus had done, what Jesus would do, why Jesus came. He didn't understand who he was and what he had and what he was building on and where he was going. And he didn't, surely, he didn't understand this woman and what she was doing because he had that judgmental heart looking down upon her, seeing her as a real sinner, but not recognizing himself as the one who was in need of salvation. And that salvation had come to his house that day. And that could have been the most joyful day of his whole life if he would have had the heart of this woman. And so, my friend, what about you? Do you see Jesus for who he is? What he has done for you? What he wants to do for you right now and what he has prepared for you for the future? Do you see who you are and how you are in need of him and that he is the only one that is appointed by the Father for salvation? Oh, do you see that he left his glory for you? that he became a man for you and that he went to the cross for you and that also after three days he rose out of the grave for you and that that same power, that resurrection power that is in Christ can be in you if Christ will come and dwell in you. Do you understand who this woman is and do you recognize yourself in this story as this woman that as this woman needed grace and salvation, so also you need grace and salvation just as much as I needed grace and salvation, just as much as the whole world needs grace and salvation. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or intelligent or maybe not so educated. It doesn't matter who you are, which race, which color. We all need Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Oh, do you need him today? Let's pray together. Father, I pray for those that listen to this broadcast today, that, Lord, that they might recognize themselves in this story and also recognize you, but that it will not stay on the pages. Lord, that you will come off of the pages and become alive in them because you are not just a figment of our imagination. You are surely not one who is just on the pages of a book. You have resurrected out of the grave. You are alive today. You are the same today as you have ever been, Lord, and ever will be. And Lord, I know you want to come into the lives of those that are listening. And Lord, I want to pray for those that never received you yet. Father, come into their life right now. And because of the sacrifice of your son, cleanse them, Lord. Take away every guilt and shame and obstacle of sin and make them holy and acceptable before you. Write their name in the book of life, and Lord, break every chain that is upon their life, every hold of the devil and of darkness. Lord, transport them right now out of the kingdom of darkness into the beloved kingdom of your beloved Son, the beloved kingdom of light and life, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, you will do it. But Lord, I also pray, for those Christians who are at home, who maybe have a problem with a brother or a sister in the Lord, or maybe a family member, or maybe their pastor, or maybe the church, Lord, or maybe even with you. No matter 
how it came into their life, Lord. Maybe it was some foolish, simple thing that somebody once said and that became such an obstacle that now they don't want to fellowship anymore with them or with the church, that now they don't even dare to come into your presence anymore or they don't want to talk to the pastor or listen to his sermons anymore. Oh, Lord, I pray that they will be like this woman and that they will find the way that you have for them to bring restoration. Oh, Lord, you will give them, like you gave this woman, a thought and an idea how she could make things right. You will give the one who is listening now, you will give him or her a thought and idea how they can make things right. And Lord, you will bring restoration in that home by your grace and your love. Lord, I pray that they will be able to come back into the church community and have the church as a covering, that they will take their place again as a member in the body of Christ, Lord, that they will be that living stone built together with the other living stones as a temple in the Spirit, Lord, that they will enjoy all the benefits and blessings. Oh, in the name of Jesus, that that lie may be broken and that obstacle may be taken away. In Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, sometimes, yes, there are things you have done or things that happened or things people did to you that you go into your prayer closet, bring it to the Lord, and that's it. I mean, you you don't have to talk about it anymore. It's gone. But also there are some things that even though you prayed and asked forgiveness, you need to make it right. You need to go to that pastor or that person or back to that church And some people, they said, I will never go to that church again. And they are like a sheep that is going from one place to the other, trying to find peace. But I tell you, go back to the place where God brought you and planted you. That's where you will be blessed. And that's where you will be a blessing. And no matter what you have to do, go back and make things right. But before you do it, pray and let the Lord give you the idea how to do it, when to go, what to say. But don't keep postponing. Make things right, my friend. And you will enjoy such a wonderful blessing because the weight will be lifted of your spirit, of your mind, of your body, and the blessings will start to flow again. My friend, be like this woman and let the Holy Spirit inspire you. How you can make it right, make it right, have courageous faith, and I tell you, your life will be better and will be great again. Bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. 